Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Write Up Podcast. Tom Casadega, joined as always by the fresh man himself, Write Up Ray. Ray, what's happening today? Not much, man. Not much. You know, another fun, loving week in paradise. Uh, <laughs> I think our lovely world of 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 wrestling is starting to lose its color. But you know, maybe maybe it's just because I'm in a mood too. So <laughs> who who knows? You just heard our conversation off air, so you know. Yeah, it just uh, little little restraint could probably go a long way i don't know if i don't know if we're being overtaken by a certain particular hive i'm a certain particular hive of people that you know you know pay to pay to jibber jabber on on a cliche message board but you know i yeah and 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 then live it and then live and die by that by that slanted slanted news giving organization or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> well, we were just talking about that, about things being uh, off air. We were just talking about wrestling things. You know, there's no longer very much surprise anymore because everything gets leaked. And uh, I had just seen, and I might even said to you, now it got leaked again that more AEW news, Dark and Elevation are both coming to an end because of the Saturday show coming to light. Thank God, <laughs> no offense to that show, but everyone's saying, "Oh, you have to watch those two. Let's just be honest, terrible YouTube shows. This this should have been done like a year ago. Like I don't know how this had a longer. It feels like a longer shelf life than two hundred five live. My only thing is, is they're gonna have more under talent that doesn't deserve television time on national television. I mean, I don't we are going to be on TV. I don't mean to be that. I, I've always come off like I'm anti-AW, which I'm kind of not. I'm just frustrated. This is this, this is kind of their bag, is it not? Like, hey, like we're just going to, hey, like you being out there is is giving you the reps and experience. And I, some, some need to, yeah. Unfortunately, I... I don't know their method of thinking, that's for sure. You know? I kind of come to the conclusion that that there is no method of thinking. No, no. There's really not. And that's I that's one of their main sad parts is because we were just talking about co- uh, collision. Collison. As Collison. <laughs> My whole thing, it's going to be Saturday evening and all right, sure, you bring Punk over. You have the people that don't mind working around punk over there. You know, you have FTR, tag champs, whatever the fuck. But then you got to fill the bottom of your cart. With what? You have more sky blue matches? You know what I mean? Are you uh, going to bring in the crappy ROH matches <laughs> that they've been putting out? I mean, I don't want to sit here and talk shit. But it's the honest to God. It's the honest to God truth. They have such a deep roster of talent, but yet they go to the absolute most not ready youngest side of it and push all that the most. 
almost to be like, look, like, hey, like, we're doing what you guys want to see and see new faces, fresh talent. Appreciate that. But some of them are just, they need to stay in the oven a little longer. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole next part of that is there is that fan base of them fucking smarts that just want to eat that all up. The, uh, you know, and I've said it on many past episodes, the, the melterific Keller, Keller driven crowd that lives and die with those two warlocks that have been, that have been doing their propaganda for a long time. Yep. And it's, it's now baked into, it's baked into the thing we love. And, it's going to be like some other things in life where we're going to be overran, outnumbered, and we're just going to have to, well, we don't have to, and we hopefully we won't have to just admit defeat. Like, hopefully something, someone will be like, no, <laughs> no. And like I was saying, it it's it's gotten to the point to where when I watch the majority of WWE TV, it makes me just want to turn off my TV. Agreed. I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched a Raw or SmackDown through thoroughly and since to before WrestleMania, point, maybe? To the point where when I watch AEW, I just don't want to watch wrestling. I'm just, at that point, I'm just kind of done. Just, there. Nah. That's how far in my, at least heart and eyes with AEW, they fall. You know how much of an AEW diehard I was. Yeah, that well documented. You were very much in in the trenches. Very much in the trenches. From from all in, basically. Literally. <laughs> like pretty much from that forward. And I hate saying it, all the all the bad things that some people or some sections of wrestling said would happen have not only happened, but have like multiplied over. Yeah. Have happened. And then some, and that's the whole thing, but yet you can't criticize them or you're the worst of the worst. It it is again, I don't want to sound like that. Not enlightened old head. But it's that snowflake, all-inclusive, hypersensitive. You can't say anything to them, but you, but they can, but but they can strike back because they're because they're expressing or eat or eat or emoting. It, it it's it is. I hate, I hate doing this. I know. I hate, that crowd reminds me of like the Memphis Grizzlies. They're young. They talk the shit. <laughs> They'll talk, they'll puff the chest out, but when they get humbled, scatter, quiet, it's everyone else's fault. There's no accountability. Yeah. So that fan base is very much familiar to the Memphis Grizzlies, which for those who are Memphis Grizzlies fans, I'm sorry. Uh, you guys need to get a fucking grown-up in there, but that's for a whole different show. <laughs> that's a good comparison. The Memphis Grizzlies are the uh, the youth, to say the least. Yeah. I just, ah, man. You have people that'll defend AEW to death. That'll tell you that everything they do every week is so good. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm going to say it, that particular thing is why I've always been combative or have a combative take with AEW because it's that crowd that's like, they're doing everything. This is exactly what we wanted. They can't do no wrong. I'm like, let's, like, come on now. Come on. Like, mm -hmm. like that, like, like, listen to what you just said yeah, and, and tell me that that's remotely logical because it's not. That's the indie crowd that is completely. See, leg slapping, Meltzer loving until it's time to hate him. Yeah, pizzeria wrestling bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Bad following, you know. Watching this stupid pizza guy twirl around that piece of rubber. It just, I sent you that clip and I was like, you gotta be fucking. As soon and, as I saw him, I was like, I'm gonna hate this. Yeah. And it even shows because AW's already had him on TV three different occasions. And they think it's funny, they think it's cute. Uh -huh. And it's honestly, and I, I never thought I'd, I've never correlated this till now. It's that portion of that indie crowd that, 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 that keeps me from wanting to even tap into what the indie scene is. Cause it's like, if you guys are digging this stuff, then I, I really don't want to check it out. Cause if this is the cream of the crop of that scene, Lord knows what the hell is beneath it. No, you're right. And that's the whole thing. It's the indie scene is a lot like even. Let's say it this way: you go to a thrift shop, and you're you don't know what to expect. You're looking for something, but you're not sure if you're going to find it because you're at a thrift shop. That's like the indie wrestling scene. You have to like scour and kind of search and kind of look and make your own judgments on shit. And kind of just hope for the best that you might find something you like that isn't too over the top. And there are indie feds that put on decent fucking wrestling. But there are wrestling indie feds that are, you couldn't pay me to go. There's just bad, bad, Im bad improv comedy shop nonsense. Terrible. There's some that. I don't want to bury anybody's name right here. I had a few I was just about to shit on. But I'd rather not. Um, in particular, there's a, like the cosplay wrestling. I don't know if you've seen that. This is one that I know I can touch. It's a little bit more broader of a cosplay wrestling. When I say this, I don't mean it when I say cosplay as Kenny Omega thinking he's Sephiroth from fucking Final Fantasy VII. I'm literally talking, and people like uh, Leva Bates have been a part of it. Uh, even recently, Matt Cardona was just part of it. You either dress up as a known comic book person, superhero, even. I think I've seen snippets of Statlander dressed as Rogue somewhere for some Comic-Con. And they did That's a match that way. I'm like, um, I I kind of figured it was just because of the convention. Nah, it's a whole fed, man. It's a it's a whole fed. Yeah, they have a whole thing. 
So basically, it's a federation that's piggybacking off Devitt before he comes to WWE when he when like he used to come out like Bane and Joker, but now we're gonna take it into the ring fully and not just have it just be part of the entrance. Oh, it's okay. So that was a broad stroke, but yes, it's a lot more yeah. fun when I say that. They literally take somebody was one of the street fighters, the uh, riot. They do the <laughs> you can catch a Hadouken from somebody. You know what I'm trying to say? It, it, okay, yeah. See, see that would I would break televisions, brother. They have a thing. Their video game controller gets used like somebody, like you know how like you get hit with a belt. You know what I mean? Oh my god! Video game controller, person that hits you with the controller gets up, hits pause, and then they run over and they fucking pin them because they can't kick out. It's on pause. One, two, three. Well, what they have to do is they have to unpause it right as they cover the person, so the ref's right there, ready to go. It's like the weirdest. You know what I'm trying to say? Like ridiculous nonsense. Yes, the most like comedic in in comedic in their mind things, but ridiculous to the onlooking thing. Yeah, yeah, I I'm gonna steer away from that because I'm going to. There was... you might you might hear about me on a true crime podcast at some point afterwards because that I would definitely make there... sure of that. <laughs> I'd watch what you say because there are people who might get offended by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's a even one person in particular that uses a sword in there, and they treat it as if like, all right, remember when you're back and you're like, you know, five, four, five, and you're like playing with your friends, you're playing sword fight. If you hit him in the arm, I cut off your arm. Yeah. Or you couldn't <laughs> use that arm for the rest couldn't of the. Use, mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Oh my god. Well, there was the person swinging the sword around, the person's like ducking and dodging, not trying to get hit with it, you know, and they're doing all these flippies and poses and kung pows, you know, like poses type of thing. Well, the person was like ducking and dodging it the whole time, and they tried to like throw a chair to block it, the person like ping and like knock the chair, you know, and the person finally uh, spun around from like a reversal with the, and came with the sword and hit the person in the legs, made cut off their legs in air quotes, and the person couldn't use their legs, so they just got you know the finisher and then the finish. And I was like, oh my god, that was the finish to the match. And I don't want to put the wrestler in particular on who it was, but it's not that hard to miss. It's not that hard to, if you look for it, you're not gonna miss. It. And I was like. And that person is considered one of the upcoming rising indie stars. Remember, like, I'll say this. People like Dan Hausen popularity, people like Warhorse popularity, how they got popular from being a new, crazy character kind of fad. Yeah. This person is starting to get that attention, and they've been catching a lot more traction. Uh, GCW just recently used this person. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to Google this. They're an interesting person. Peacefully clear. Peacefully. Clear. 
Ah, oh, just uh, yeah. I'm making a note. Google sword wrestling. Yeah, not that good. Yeah, that's our world. But I guess if we had to find a positive and make lemonade out of lemons, uh, the WWE draft. Um. What's your takes? What and, and what's your thoughts? A, B, C, D, pass, failure, room for improvement. Um. Well, if we're gonna use letter grade, you know, like A to F, and then S for satisfactory, whatever the fuck. Um, I'd end up having to give the draft a C plus. That's right about where I was. Were there things that I'm like, okay, I'm very hopeful for this, i.e. new world heavyweight title picture on Raw. I think we are in store for some fucking great wrestling if everything stays clear and healthy and under Triple H's mindset. I mean, I would love to see Nakamura and Cody Rhodes for the world title. A few oh, like don't, that. Don't put that in my heart. Nakamura and Rollins. You know what I mean? Uh, you have a decent little, you know, upper world title picture on Raw now, and I think they have a a very good upside to what they could do. Um, but on the contrary to that, there were some very dumb decisions. I think, let's be real, that weren't named Von Wagner. Hold on, <laughs> Alba Fire and uh, Isla Dawn aren't ready to be on Raw yet. They were the, they still are the current NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, and that's where they should have stayed. Yeah, and weren't they just formed like not even a month ago, two months ago? Yeah, two months, something like that. Okay. Ago. They came off a feud together, become a tag team, now being tag team champion, being drafted to Raw as a tag team. And then the downside to it is some of the picks like that, you know, like them, uh, I can see where they're going to go. I mean, Triple H kind of put it right out there. They're going to do a reformed thing of the way, just obviously not with Austin Theory. Yeah. You'll have Gargano, LeRae, Indy Hartwell, and Loomis. And then I can see something happening down the line on that where, like, the Garganos turn heel, and then it's a mixed tag feud between them. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's mm-hmm. certain just kind of right out there. To squeeze whatever you can out of Dexter Loomis in this whole thing. Yeah. And then that actually ties in the last night in NXT. Indy Hartwell vacated the NXT women's title. They're going to have a uh, ladder match that's going to call uh, happen at Roadblock is what they're calling their next show. I believe so. Yeah, so it's going to happen there. Uh, yeah. Okay, you know, that's cool. But I, again, Indy Hartwell is another one that I just don't think necessarily is ready, but they see it more than I do. They have plans for the way, all that, blah, blah. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. People, J.D. McDonough, I think he would have fit in a lot better on SmackDown. Agreed. But there he is on Raw. So I guess we'll see. I guess because Finn's there and Finn was his mentor. I didn't think of that before, but that might make you know, the reasoning. The whole Irish ace thing. What the fuck? <laughs> um, Finn gave him that nickname of 
the Irish ace. Well, there was a stink bug on my fucking foot, and it just made me freak out. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Just had a whole freak out. Or that. I'm so sorry. Continue talking about the draft. Yeah. Give me one second there, champ. Yeah, I'm kind of looking it up. This is from... I don't know when, but... Raw gets Dana Brooke, Nikki Cross, Gargano, Los Lotharios, Piper Niven, Zia Lee, Tegan, Tegan Knox, Moss and Emma, Indusheer and Odyssey Jones, which... I would have waited on Odyssey Jones because they really didn't showcase him on NXT TV. But, you know, that and then SmackDown and, you know, Tamina's back in the fold. Yay. Okay. Uh, I, I got to admit, I, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing how they shake out Grayson Waller just because it, it, it's clear that they were building something with him. And it's just he can't be champion whenever you got Breaker Breaker and Carmelo at the top, you know, so he's going to be phased out. Looking through the rest of the raw picks, I see that Judgment Day's broken up. It's Finn, Priest, and Dominic with Rhea's on her own. The New Day's coming to Raw. All right, Imperium's there. That's going to be really fun to have to have Imperium there shake things up. Drew's over. Apollo Cruz comes back to the main roster. You know, Viking Raider, Zoe Zoe Stark should be a, a really good piece to add to add to Raw. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, like that that will I don't know why they drafted Trish, but okay. That's that was one of my main things. I was like, I, all right, they have Chance and Carter coming up again. I could see the reason, the rationale behind it. Into shears coming up. I I that might have that might have to be a keep an eye on subject because it's like that might be all right. And then again, I've seen only a handful of Odyssey Jones matches. I think we could have kept him on NXT and let him get a little bit more established than just throwing him out there. SmackDown, you know, Bianca goes, Street Profits go, Lashley goes goes to SmackDown. Hopefully that's a that's a refresher. The OC's there and after their real flat return that they gave them last week, hopefully that hopefully hopefully that's not a sign of bad things to come for Styles, Gallows, Anderson, and Mia Yim. I will not call her the other name. Of course they keep hit row around. Austin Theory going over to SmackDown is interesting. You know, so clearly, clearly switching the mid card titles is that I didn't know. I didn't know that I didn't know that this was official, official. But you know, the LWO as a group of SmackDown, yeah. Ray and Ran, whatever, El Fantasmo. Yeah, we got the Brawling Brutes, which I please God, come on, Hunter, let's just kill well, he- Butch. He mentioned that recently in that interview. I don't want to say on the Jake Paul thing, but it might have been the Sports Illustrated interview. Just uh, he asked about the dude asked about Pete Dunn being called Butch, and he said the plan was for them to go ahead and take him back to Pete Dunn, but they didn't expect the hype and the fanfare for the Brawling Brutes the way they did, 
and Butch took off on its own into a whole other character, so he's still Butch. It just uh, I I I get it. It caught over like wildfire, but can we just I just People, want I just want my bruiser way back. <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. People like him being like a weird little UK Donnie from the Wild Thornberries. Donnie or like a or like a Cockney Scrappy Doo. Yes, there you go. There you a go. Cockney Scrappy Doo is like put him off, put him off. I'm like, I get it, I get it, mm-hmm. I get it, but this is not him. Very good. That was a good one. Um, I know I've been in and out on pretty deadly, but I'm going to assume that they're going to bring some flavor um, to SmackDown, and it's as kind of like characters and maybe decent hands in the tag division. See, I don't understand the Rick Boogs draft. I see Cameron Grimes got drafted, but I don't know if we're going to get the Cameron Grimes that we liked or their manufactured gonna, version of Cameron Grimes. I definitely think we're going to get a new Cameron Grimes. But pause right there. You said something about Pretty Dead. Yeah. Right before they got signed to WWE, I heard like rumblings about them being so like hot and over in the UK indie scene. Uh, name dropped by a friend of mine, Tom Campbell. And he was, uh, they were talking about, let me say it this way, they were talking about them getting new names when they came to WWE just prior to it. And that's when the trademarks got put out for Elton Prince and whatever the fuck. And they were making fun of it because how yeah, many... Uh, yeah, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. There you go. How much more UK can you get than calling somebody out in print, you know, type of deal. So that's what they ended up doing, obviously. And I've been actually, I'll say it, rather impressed by them. Uh, the, I don't even want to call them androgynous because they're really not. They're more of like feminine, you know, model type of guys. Like whatever. based off what I've seen and like, I like them as personalities, like entertaining or hosting. Yes. And I'm not going to lie, anytime they are on, I will like at least put the remote down. But let's see what's happening here. Their yeah, their tag run was pretty decent. I mean, they they had a couple of good matches, but I mean, they're slim pickings because NXT's tag division ain't the greatest, and you're not going to get a shallow. Banger. You're not going to get a banger with them and the Creed brothers. You're not going to get a banger with them and Brooks and Jensen. You know these random Whoa. young fucking tag teams that they're pushing when, to that aren't ready. Well, like the only thing they'll have a good match with is with Gallus. Yes. Gallus with experience. And that's that was my I was gonna say, but then you put them in the ring with like a more experienced team when they wrestled the new day. When they wrestled that was good. You know, things like that. Holy shit. Like them and New Day for their whole tag title feud thing. New Day beat them for the belts and that you know, all that thing, you know, that whole run with all that. That was really good. Like they that showed more upside to where Hopefully, when they go on the SmackDown, they get, I guess, a little bit more taken serious. But here we go. We're back at square one with the whole tag team. You just bring up your only good team from fucking NXT that's not Gallus. You have it on SmackDown, but you just drafted the undisputed tag team champions to Monday Night Raw. And that's another person. KO and Sammy can lose the tag titles, and then you got KO in that world title picture with Finn, Nakamura, you know what I mean? Seth, Cody. Cody. That's Drew. A fun... And Drew. Drew's back on Raw. That's, you know what I mean? 
That's a stacked little fucking roster right there for that world title. But again, the tag titles, we're back at square one. The undisputed tag team champions are on Raw. Are they able to travel to both shows? Are they not? Are we going to get new tag titles on SmackDown? They didn't answer none of that. Even when they drafted them, go back and watch. They didn't answer none of that. They didn't say they were able to travel to both shows, nothing. Or they're forced to drop. The only thing they worried about was what the Usos were going to do. If the Usos were going to win the titles back and make Roman Reigns proud, and if they were going to get drafted to Raw or not. Well, they didn't. They're on SmackDown, and they didn't win the belts. So there's that Bloodline storyline over there. But again, tag titles. Now what? The Uso feud with fucking Sammy and KO is pretty much over. It's now became a six-man feud, adding mm-hmm. in Rip and Solo Sokoa. And then what after Backlash? You know what I mean? Like yeah. They, it's they got to either split up them tag titles or just have just the WWE tag titles and let them be on both shows. And all tag teams can, if you're the champs, can be on both shows. You know what I mean? Which which would make tremendous sense. Since, again, it's not the deepest division currently. As far as, like, it's, I don't want to say top-heavy, but it's also lacking depth. It it really is a combination of both. Like, uh, like, you know, the top-tier teams are really good, and then there's this massive gap. And then there's this 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 big gap that makes it seem like it's a lack of depth. I mean, yeah, literally, but, you're not wrong. It's that. I mean, I and I don't. I can even say this: they had something with the Alpha Academy, and they decided to kill it their own. Yeah, and I feel bad for Chad because it's like none of this would happen if they, Jason yeah. never got hurt. Yeah, they need to have him like snap out and dump Otis like literally like angle slam Otis type of deal and be like an angle less guy I don't know why they're not doing this make him the new modern day Kurt Angle he's he's charismatic just like Angle he's an ass beater just like Angle he can be funny like Kurt he can work he can talk why the fuck not what because he's small and you called him shorty G fuck why wash that out exactly let him be a little badass. There you go. You have a top intercontinental champion, top U.S. champion. You know what I mean? Do I see him ever being WWE champion? Probably not because of his size. Let's be real. But could he be? Oh yeah. I just yeah. And I'm 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 looking at the tags and I'm like, okay, so we have Sammy, Kevin, yeah. Usos. Yeah. Try to win another top tier tag team. If if you want to. New Day, the Prophets, maybe okay, great. Yeah, but but then sure. there's but then there's Los Lotharios, Indusheer, based on whatever they're going to do. Well, Veer's coming again. Yeah, it's like hooray, cool. He gets to come more than uh, let me just shut up. <laughs> I no, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm like, oh, okay, we get this again, cool. Yeah, you know, like. All that time, all that time, all that time. Then he shows up, and he wasn't really that good, so they made him disappear, and then he's back on the NXT. And All right, now I guess we're going to get what Indus sure was on supposed to be before the whole 
I don't know what they decided in NXT after that kid leaked that Keith Lee win. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Nobody's heard from that guy since. That's where we got this Sangha to replace him. Like, I, I, I don't want to be a jerk, but this just looks like Jinder just got more muscular Bollywood boys. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's messed up to say, but I'm like, is that not what this basically is supposed to be? And that's what Jinder was saying. He was a former WWE champion just on Tuesday. Or no, it might have been on Raw. They had that promo of uh, them after they got announced as they were drafted. Jinder's standing there. They're in that dark, smoky room, and them two are standing there. Jinder proceeds to say that he's a former WWE champion. And that Indus share is going to be on a terror in WWE until they're all draped in gold. Okay. Sounds, I, sounds good. Yeah. I mean, I guess, <laughs> you know. I. And then there's all the put together tags like, like Ridge and Butch and, you know, and, you know, pretty like the only ones that, that are in a peculiar spot that shouldn't be held against them is ironically pretty deadly. But yeah. like, but every other tag team they're going to put in there. So you figure what it's going to be, what the, the one tag team from the LWO, what is it? Wild and Del Toro. Okay. Yeah. I, so it's going to be them in the tag division. I would presume. Yeah. Unless, unless they do the cliche thing and have Ray and Ray and Santos pair up. Yeah. So you got that in, in, yeah, it's just the tag division's got a really big gap that makes it look top heavy or just shallow. And that's it's shallow because you only have like five tag teams that are actually fucking decent. So you're gonna be passing around and they don't even do let me say it this way. They they don't do title changes that often. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm. It's not anymore. At least not lately, I should say. And then when they do, some of them are just so meaningless, but then the other ones, they haven't changed hands in so long, we don't know what the fuck's next. Who's going to beat Gunther? Who's going to beat Roman? I can, let me scan are through. Try, are you going to try to Nakamura beat Gunther? You know what I mean? Like When that's going to be repetitive because Gunther beat him to get the title. Exactly. I can, oh, I can definitely... Never. Oh God. I can see Riddle getting over on Gunther, making him the IC because because they clearly like Riddle. I yeah. that, that's why I'm like ah. There's Riddle. I would I would be happily surprised if they repackaged Apollo and have him be viable. I'd be cool with that. Dexter Loomis. I've never got, and I'm just over. I'm like you got to talk at some point. Please and thank you. Just talk. Cut a promo. Instead of being this, give the guy a chance. To be instead of being this hokey, corny stalker, Dexter serial killer knockoff that doesn't that that is apparently like a mute. Put a mouthpiece with him. I, I don't. I don't know why that old that old concept has not worked. Bro, I every every time I hear something like that, I say it like this: God, at least give him a shot. Jinder Mahal was WWE champion once. You know what I mean? Veer came. I mean, go down the line of these things, the decisions they've made, and then other ones they've decided not to pull the trigger. McIntyre hasn't even sniffed 
the world title division since the pandemic. You realize mm. it? Yeah, and it's the a crime. Record, the record low championship rank. I'm looking. I can see them trying to shoehorn Gunther and Odyssey Jones because uh, of the big men, big meaty men slapping meat. Bronson Reed could be another one. I think, and I hate to say it this way, they might have bring up Odyssey Jones in a new way to have a big to have like a biggie replacement. Yeah, to have the a bigger black guy that people like. Let's oh. be real. They they still do it, even though it's 2023. They have that weird diversity. You a know quota. what I mean? Yeah, it, exactly. A quota. Where it's like, all right, you know, we blatantly see what you're doing here. Other than, mm-hmm. let's be real, the Bianca Belairs of the world. Mm-hmm. Which, love her dearly, but some of that, I'm like, can we, like, I know, I know you're not intentionally trying to get it persuade this way but can we not can can we try to step away from the Tyler Perry you know no uh stereotype please uh-huh that's like, so annoying when she's like backstage doing like a segment like she was talking to Seamus in that one thing and was like girl uh-uh mm. and then she walked between McIntyre and Seamus and yeah I'm like I'm like you don't have to do this with her you don't have to do with her. Just put her on television. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. fine. You don't have to make her. You don't have to make her a stereotype. Yeah. Make her. Like, it's not necessary. Not at all. Man, Especially I'm... somebody with talent like Bianca Belair. Let's be real. And then I see they've got Ronda and Shayna on Raw. Hooray. I wonder what that's going to do. I don't know if that means that they're going to get the titles and they're going to run roughshod over there. Yeah, I could see them trying to do what they wanted to do on SmackDown with them over on Raw. And I will say this, it is crazy to think about when you stop and think about how far the star of Roman, uh, Ronda Rousey has fallen. It is, but at the same time, I kind of smile and chuckle because it's her own doing. True. Ever since the first time she left, yeah. First time she left, and then she says the stuff she says and does the things she does, and then she comes back and looks like a lifeless corpse that's just there to collect a check. Doesn't really want to be there, but wants to be there because of the money. She she would rather be with her goats, which I get. Cool, then do that. Then do that and turn down the check instead of coming back and being like a animatron. You're right, though. (laughs) It's... Come on. And and unfortunately, just guilty by like association, Shayna just keeps getting her knees cut out when when like can we get a respectable Shayna Baszler run? Like like there's something there. See, and that I don't know. I that's another thing. Shayna Baszler kind of like seems like she got content and comfortable and lazy in the same way. She when she first came into NXT, and then her NXT women's title run, exquisite, fantastic, so good. But then, the main roster Shayna Baszler gets brought up, and it's flop after flop. And I guess, you know, once you get so many flops, you get tired. If you yeah, and that. like her only good spot was 
Elimination chamber. chamber. Yeah, was that awesome chamber performance? And, and I'm then, like, that's what you need to do. And then what? She got squashed at me. By yeah. Yeah, the pandemic Becky who drives the bad bunny truck and yeah, all right. I'm like, oh, okay. And then she did the weird biting her neck thing and remember that? Yeah, I'm like, I ah, why are we doing this? Does no wrestling was weird, man. Ray's eye, the neck, all that. Yep. The neck, and the came out and was fine, didn't have nothing. Mm-hmm. And then the the swamp match. <laughs> The swamp, the swamp match was probably that was so bad. I mean, probably, yeah, we, like the glimpse of old Bray again. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. So that, bad. that that was probably a, a power swing that 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 didn't need to be a power swing that like you could have bonded, you could have bonded on, and that well, and I have no idea what's going on with Bray, and that's a whole other topic for me to get into my feelings or question. Like well, sent you that from Road Dog's podcast. Road Dog kind of leaked it out there, and then even just like that same day, it ended up blowing up later in the afternoon. Road Dog said on his podcast, he was like, uh, "It got mentioned about Bray Wyatt's health." And he was like, "Oh no, Bray's back. He's fine. What it is, we hired a new writer for him. There's a new specific writer just for Bray. So that'll be interesting to see where that goes." And then that was just casually in passing, in subject. Well, that kind of explains what everybody's been thinking. Like, was he hurt? Was he sick? Now he's better? No. Well, apparently he got a writer. So what's going on with this Uncle Howdy shit? Mm-hmm. Like, and drop? Are they that whole getting thing? your own writer thing, it only adds to the, it adds to the fire for those who don't, for those who just want the ammo to shoot at Bray to be like, look, man, you have to give him a certain writer to work with him. You got to do all this different shit to work with him. And I'm like, I love Bray dearly. And I just, he's just sometimes he takes it away from, from the actual end result, which has to be in the ring. Yep. That's perfectly said. Like, like, look, the Uncle Howdy and all yep. your shit, cool, cool, cool. But the end of your story, or no one, no one could see me do it. Air quotes. Movie in yep. this in this universe has to be in the ring with a conflict. Yeah, that's exactly. You know. And he, what did we get? One match since Bray came back. That one was- match that was very much drawn out, and then. And and then for a lot of people, including myself who loves Bray, it did a lot more for LA Knight. Yeah. That was my that was my <laughs> bro. Yeah. It made LA it's Knight done it's done him. way more for him. And that and that's probably a testament to LA Knight being just a pro and having that that certain thing yeah. that you can't that that Vince or anybody can't be like. He doesn't have that. No, fuck that. He does. <laughs> There's a clip from when he was in NWA. I laughed so fucking hard. I literally woke up my son. He was in his room sleeping, and I'm in the living room watching. There, Okay, there's a compilation on, on YouTube, and it's Eli Drake slash LA Knight, top funniest moments. I'm going to look that up. 
Oh my god, dude. It's like uh I want to say like a 13 minute video, something like that. 11 minute video, something so good. Because it was like a couple weeks ago, like at like at work, I was bored and I was just like LA night, yeah, comp like compilation. And I just I love the I love the whole yeah, Here let me goes. talk to you. I'm like he had Why? an impact. <laughs> he had, remember he had dummy, yeah, an impact. Yeah. So in NWA, okay. He comes out to do an interview, which I guy. which I completely I completely forgot that he was there. <laughs> yeah, he was national champion and everything. So, peep this. He comes out and uh, he's in like one of those good moods, you know. And he like slaps the counter a couple times and he's talking to the audience, you know. And he he takes his foot and puts it up on the counter and he's like, "You see this shoes of a champion?" And he turns around. He's like, "You see this coat? Shoes of a champion." And he turns around to continue his promo and he realizes what he said and he starts laughing and he looked around like breaks third wall and he goes, I say shoes of a champion again. And the whole audience busts out in laughter. <laughs> He's like, yeah, like it's the video. I, I cannot take away the goodness of that video. All I can say, you have to seek out that clip. Nobody kept a straight face in that entire fucking arena. Joe Denali, the interviewer guy that's beside him, was as red as a fucking cherry, laughing so hard into his shoulder. It's so good. So good. And then he continues the promo, and I'm not even going to... I can't take away from it. So good. So fucking good. And that right there shows, like, moments like that. He's that good, quick thinking. He's able to spin it, turn it, make it into something. And continue on instead of making it a stupid, terrible botch. You know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say? But to bring it home and starts from our our brave, whatever. I love him. I understand that he's trying to do his thing, but I'd be okay with going back. Face of fear. You're doing the kind of we we we, we just go back to basics. Go back to basics and you, you know, sing the song. He's got the whole world in his hands. You make it have that horror thriller vibe, but like you don't need to do the split personality, evil, not evil, Mr. Rogers, this Uncle Howdy conscience. Like, like you can do it, but again, like, like, like I said, you gotta, we have to see. The, the end, the finished product in the ring for it to for basically him to get his vision. You got to do it in the ring because if you're not, it's just going to be a very, very well, well, like produced indie riffic part of the show. Yeah, that's like, oh, that'll like be that, oh. Oh, you know, that's the silly shit that makes me not watch or like this anymore. Yeah, it's like he's a wannabe horror movie star to where it's everything has to be like some weird suspenseful kind of spooky, you know, paranormal. Just all right. You know, like Black Phone meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Crock-Pot whatever horror Crock-Pot recipe that like you want to do. That's a movie right there, man. Black Phone. Oh. Black Phone was really good. And to update you on, on the horror checklist, I watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Very nice. 
I've never laughed so much. And can can you or anybody explain the logic of the end of him of him spinning like a top with like the chainsaw? Luster. <laughs> He's, he's special needs, so he's he's in like he's broad like daylight. Well, yeah, because nobody's ever gone <laughs> away. Yeah, so he don't know what to do because now he's scared, thinking he's going to be in trouble. So he's like <laughs> freaking out, you know. But no, like, the, just I'm that sorry. scene just made that scene made, made me laugh. I know it's fucked up, but it made me laugh. No, no, no. I don't mean to sound like rude or anything when I say this, but think of like a special needs adult who has yeah. Temper, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But he's just a psycho killer. He uses a fucking chainsaw and wears people's skin. Yeah. Yeah. That and and I've never wanted someone to die so fast, but that guy in the wheelchair. I was like, please kill him first. <laughs> please kill I him first. <laughs> I will say this. If you watch the original and you were annoyed by Wheelchair Man. And that was on Peacock, shockingly. Watch the 05 remake with Jessica Beale. How many remakes have have there been? No, no. There's been that one, but there's been a lot of spinoffs. There's okay. been like, there's been like Texas Chainsaw, which is like the story before the main story. And there's like, you know, all the different, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, that has like Matthew McConaughey in it and shit. And it's like kind of over the top. It's a joke, kind of like uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, kind of. Uh, not musical, but like over the top. Yeah, that's number two. And then there's, I don't know, but that the remake from 06 was really fucking good. Let's be real. It was really good. The 05, I'm sorry. Really fucking good. And uh, I remember when that came out, it, it definitely had people spooked because it the way they did it was so good. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm, um, I'm going to have to find that. Point, even to the point to where in the beginning of the movie, they have it shot so well with like uh, police film footage from like the 50s. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, and then the, the news and everything, the way it's shot, so many people thought that was real. Like, I'm not kidding. Literally, I can think of so many times that, you know, I had to explain to people where my, you know, friends no got you know it's not real like that wasn't real you know what i mean you understand what i mean when i when you see it yeah it's that good i mean i'm not a huge fan of remakes but it's definitely a good remake which is especially rare in horror from everything that i've i've gathered because i sense that a lot of these have a lot of remakes and they don't live up to snuff Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, they've all had remakes that have been disastrous. The fucking, I'm telling you, the Nightmare on Elm Street fucking remake with the guy from fucking, oh man. Anyway, but the guy, god damn it, Watchmen, Watchmen. The guy who plays Freddy in the the remake is the guy from Watchmen. And he just isn't Freddy. You know what I mean? Are we talking about Rorschach from Watchmen? I can't see. I'm having a hard time remember his name. That's why I was like struggling. Okay. Because because but if it's Rorschach from Watchmen, I might have checked this out. He's the smaller dude. No, no, no. He's the smaller, skinnier dude. Rorschach. Okay, then yeah. Okay, yeah. then I'm him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to check that out because I love Rorschach and Watchmen. But it's not good though. Oh shit. <laughs> Especially if you're a fan or a person who grew up with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and then you see the remake from 2013. Like, I am I am that person. That was that was the one horror franchise that I tapped into for at least at least the first three movies. Yeah. Well, you might not be the biggest fan of this remake because it's not good. Not good. Then we'll move on to the uh Friday the thirteenth remake. From like 2011, 2013 in that window. Not good. It's the modern remake. Let's be real. You have today's versions of kids. Like how in the originals you had like the 70s kids. Like, hey, look, come eat my hairy bush in this cabin. Then we'll get stabbed. Mm. Well, in this one, it's the couple young hot girls. The one white jock dude. And then his black friend who has the bumping system in his fucking truck. And then they pull over to this random gas station. You know what I'm trying to say? And then they, yeah, it's not good. Not good at all. The one part that's actually really good is when he, uh, the girl in the sleeping bag, takes her and beats her off the tree. And she's in her sleeping bag. But that's all in the, yeah. It's, uh, not good man it's not good and then you're actually rooting for him to kill these kids at a certain point <laughs> you know what i mean like which like, is probably not the not the idea <laughs> no. and then you're like get him get him and then the worst of all halloween well yeah no worst of all i was gonna say chucky but chucky's chucky halloween okay here we go. The original saga, John Carpenter's Halloween's. Nah. Chef's kiss. Then you had the 2000s come around. You got Halloween H2O. Okay, I get it for its time. 99. That new... New know, millennium. Yeah, but, but, you know. And then we got Resurrection with Buster Rhymes. Trick or treat, motherfucker. I forgot yeah. he did that. Jesus. Uh huh. So they did resurrection. Okay, cool. Everybody thought that was the end. Well, then come 2004 or five, Rob Zombie decided since he got the property, he was going to remake Halloween. Which is pretty and, on brand for Rob Zombie. And when everybody heard that, it was, oh my God. Or I went to theaters opening night to see that. The very first Rob Zombie Halloween movie, it's pretty fucking good. It's for a remake like that. It's fucking gruesome. It's gory. It's done with a Rob Zombie kick to where it's like, oh my God, you know? Well, something changed in between him making one and two. He had made like Devil's Rejects and, you know, other movies that were like knockout stand ups alongside with Halloween to where you thought, okay, he did Halloween one so good, he has to do two good, right? Wrong. It, he got into like I don't know. Even recently, he did the Munsters, and it's not a horror movie. It's like a, you know, if you knew the Munsters, it's a, kind of a joke. Mm. His style changed in some weird way. To where when he did two, when he did Halloween two, the story was like this fucking I don't know, like this crazy thing because his mom 
uh, is a ghost and there's like it's so bad okay I could literally sit here and tell you the entire movie but I I, I can't take that away from you you have to see it to understand it yourself um, it was a huge flop it was a bad movie it, yeah and everybody and I mean yeah is that what everyone is that what made them kind of turn a little sour on Rob Zombie if not completely yeah. sour yeah and that's when he, he ended up doing the, the Ghost of Salem a little bit longer after he did Halloween 2 and because of the stink of fucking Halloween 2 it made that movie fall that tells you how bad that fucking movie was man and Ghost of Salem is actually a pretty decent fucking movie. It just doesn't get any credit because it came out not that long after Halloween 2 and everybody hated it. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, he did something that just changed it all and it's not good. Like, in the first one, so good. Like, again, Danny Trejo's in the first one Yes, you know what I mean. Like it's a it's a good fucking movie, man. There, I can't get I can't spoil the first movie for you because your reaction is only gonna be getting once. So if I spoil it for you and then you watch it, you're like, oh, this is what he meant. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll take okay. like genuine, genuine in moment reaction. You'll be like, oh fuck! <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. It's one of those movies. It's literally one of those movies. And actually, uh, in the Rob Zombie remakes, remember the little girl from four, five, and six? Tina, the little dark hair girl that always yelled for her sister, Tina. The one I think who went, so. The one who went mute. Okay. The little girl that Michael Myers is chasing after through the next couple movies. Well, in the Rob Zombie remake, he's the or she's the sheriff's daughter. Like, not the same character as it was in the originals or anything. She plays the sheriff's daughter in this new one. And actually, uh, she's a very good-looking female. Let's just say that. She grew up to be a very good-looking female. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> so, it, it's, a, it's a very good fucking movie. I highly suggest you check it out. I'm um, going to. Gonna have to fire up the fire stick. I'm telling you, brother, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. <laughs> like I said, the Halloween disaster remake had to be the worst of all. So after the Rob Zombie stink, everybody was kind of done with Halloween up until a few years ago when John Carpenter and all the crew decided that they were going to rehash it with Jamie Lee Curtis and go back and stop after Halloween 2, erase 3, 4, 5, 6, and Michael Myers' Revenge, which is technically 7, and push all of them out the window. So now the story meant 1, 2, and then Halloween 2019, and then Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends is the new Carpenter saga. Okay. So now the story, if you go back and watch 1 and 2, you can go ahead and go watch Halloween 2019, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. And I will say this, Halloween 2019, 
okay, I got it. It tied, you know, a lot of things together. It helped build a better picture than what they did with three through seven. Then you get Halloween kills and it's like, all right, he's, all right, we got to realize now Michael Myers would be a 70 year old man still out here manhandling people, killing them with pitchforks and shit. Like, he threw a fucking uh, an axe, threw a fucking firefighter's face mask through his head. You know, like some crazy shit. Well, then Halloween Ends comes, and then you get this young kid in there, this dude, he has like this gay obsession. And when I say gay, I literally mean, you know, man-on-man crush on Michael Myers. To where he's like, infatuated with him and it's like weird and the whole movie's terrible and it focuses on this kid for the majority of this movie and then it has it to where michael myers gets the fuck beat out of him finally and is like close to death and then all of a sudden that kid shows up and saves him and then he has this kid has to help michael myers get by and he's like losing his power and everything and then they're saying he's losing his power, not because of his age, but because Jamie Lee Curtis isn't scared of him anymore. Interesting. Interesting. Talk about a plot twist. <laughs> so that's where his superhuman strength came from and where everything like that came from was from fear. So now that she has grandchildren, she turned into super bad granny where she's like, uh-uh, ain't nobody going to mess with my grandkids. So now she wants to not be scared of Michael Myers who haunted her for fucking 40 years. years. You know what I mean, brother? <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> now you're in your late 60s and all of a sudden you're a tough ass? <laughs> Damn Walking Dead sometimes fucked a lot of shit up. <laughs> it, some Carol influence on fucking Jamie Lee Curtis, that's for sure. That, I was immediately, I was I, I, I was thinking Carol. Like, I'm like, so yeah. they made her Carol from Walking Dead? <laughs> you watch some new movies, you'll see how she's boarding up her fucking house and all. It looks like she's living in a zombie shack, dude. It's fucking weird. And then they convince her to not, and then that's where it all starts. And yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna spoil everything. No, no, all right. I got You're some little extra credit to do. I'm gonna have to sit through the Halloween franchise anyway because I have not. Brother, I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> you're gonna have to. Now, I've I've noticed from you and a couple other friends that there are certain ones just don't waste your time. I think there's one, one with the wedding or with the wife. It's supposed to be. It's 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 completely not a part of the universe, but it is a part of the universe. Well, that's Halloween three, and yeah. that's the season of the witch. Yeah, okay, there you go. Like, like anyone that I know loves horrors, like do not even waste your time. No, I love no Halloween three is great. It's just not a Michael Myers story. It's a oh. completely other horror story. See, with that was they made Halloween one, Halloween two, and by that point the like the fad of Michael Myers was starting to wear off a little bit. So the creators got scared thinking that if they made a third one, it was going to bomb. They decided Halloween was going to go from just being a Michael Myers story, being a, a big bunch of stories throughout all these movies. 
Michael yeah. Myers would have been one and two. The masks would have been three. Four would have been something else. Five would have been something else. Like, you know what I mean? They would have all been different horror realms. Okay. So when they did that with three, they actually made the mistake of doing that. Instead of making a Michael Myers three, Season of the Witch ended up bombing because everybody was like, wait a minute, where's Michael Myers? We've been watching this movie for an hour and a half and there ain't Michael Myers. But it was labeled as Halloween three. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like a bait and switch kind of for fans. Again, you got to look at it this way. You can't look at it as a Halloween Michael Myers movie. You just got to look at it as another movie. You know what I mean? Because in that movie, it's a completely different, you know, it's not Haddonfield. You know what I mean? Like, it's not where Halloween took place. You're in some other town and there's people getting sick and some shit happening. And then Halloween time comes and there's this new advertisement for Silver Shamrock. And they're selling Halloween masks. And it's like, oh, get down to your local retailers before Halloween. There's a special broadcast on Halloween night for every kid to enjoy. So they convince all these people and kids and adults to go buy these fucking silver shamrock masks. And when you put them on, when that TV broadcast goes out, it makes their fucking, it kills them. It makes their heads decay. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, it's fucking wild. Yeah, it's yeah. Even the witch. All right. Yeah. Well, that was our lovely detour with with, with horror awesomeness and yes, quick synopsis. Stop calling everything a detour, sir. Okay. Detour. Okay. Just so, yeah. What to watch and what not to watch. <laughs> Because yeah, that that isn't my genre, so I'm I'm gonna have to try to tap into it a little more. Oh, brother! Because <laughs> I feel like I'm a lifetime behind. <laughs> a little bit. I'm telling you, there are some fucking goodies that you're gonna get that you're really gonna enjoy. I'm telling you, like you'll love Halloween one, you'll hate Halloween two. You know what I mean? The Rob Zombie one, I should say. Well, you might even hate John Carpenter two. It's kind of just like lame. But anyway, uh, enough about the Halloweens and the yeah. horror that we were just saying. We're a wrestling show. And we should be probably talking about wrestling. Um, so Backlash is coming up from Puerto Rico this week. We have SmackDown and then uh, Backlash in Puerto Rico. What's your thoughts? Let's run down the card and um, talk about the show itself. I got to admit, I, I, nothing against Bad Bunny. I, I'm... I'm going to assume that that's going on last, even I'm, though I, I even though I I I don't think you need to put it on last, but they're probably gonna put it on last it'll just because just because it's the home country and everything. It'll be Zelina Vega and Rhea first to last, and then the last match will be Bad Bunny and Damian Priest since they're both from Puerto Rico. They're from the same neighborhood or whatever. So I'm I'm just like all right I'm like okay and I'm I'm looking up on the Wikipedia the fact the fact that they're on the they're on the poster probably tells us everything this is not really in order but Bunny and Priest in the San Juan Street fight I'm going as much as I don't want this to crush Damian Priest 
It's probably going to because, you know, our special guest is the biggest music star in like the universe. So Bunny's probably gonna win that. Yeah. I'm looking Bianca versus EO should be good. You know, I, I see damage control will be with her. I I'd be shocked if they did that because if I remember correctly, all all the draft picks don't take effect till Monday. Yeah, right? till the Monday yeah. after backlash. Till Monday after backlash. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that would mean EO would have to go to SmackDown and whatever. Yeah. Theory versus Lashley versus Bronson Reed. Okay. There's if Theory comes out on top, awesome. But then again, Lashley's going over. Maybe that's a new way to freshen him up. Bronson Reed drafted the Raw, though. Yeah, so that's why that's why I'm like, Bronson Reed's probably not going to do yeah. anything. So it's going to be either Theory or Lashley who are heading over. Yeah, SmackDown. I Gunther, I don't even think, has a uh, Intercontinental title match that night either to where, like, in case they both lost. Nope, he's, he's not on the card. Yeah, see? He's not on the card, and, and didn't he just get married, or was recently married, or was yeah, on a break? Jenny just got married. Okay. Yeah. And there's and Seth Rollins versus Omos, which I'm very much intrigued. I'm very much intrigued because I, it, if this is another honest attempt to try to do something with the big man, then they got the right implement or tool to try to do it, but it. Okay. The, but you know the the obvious match itself is probably going to be not what Seth Rollins stands are going to want. But again, if Seth does his job or does what he's supposed to do, which is work his magic, and <coughs> and and just and and then just give this giant something, then great. But you know the thing you got to give him is a win instead of having these decent performances or. Decent outings. Could you see him beating Rollins? Though? No, no, especially now, especially right now when he's Rollins ready, is the hottest, when, yeah. yeah, the hottest thing because of the song and everything's clicking. No, I would be flabbergasted if, if, if they pulled that. You got Rhea and Selena for the SmackDown. It's going to be big, big person, little person, probably. So, oh, yeah. Selena, Selena's gonna have a really good performance because honestly, she she's not bad. But Rhea's Rhea's not losing that thing anytime soon. (laughs) Cody and Brock's probably gonna be the one thing that I'm gonna be charged into. I don't know what we're gonna get out of this. Let me throw a fucking potato on Monday. Lesnar's gonna fucking beat the shit out of him. Probably you watch, dude. Did you was see that Lesnar's nose? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. He came in for that punch. He yeah, and, and all of a sudden it, it was just one punch, and then it was security, which which I was like, are they trying to make Cody strong, or was there's some he misfire? I think Lesnar's coat might have hit him in his face when Cody knocked him down. Mm. But it was that I just I don't know, man. It happened so fast. Like I said, he punched him and then went down, then got up, and he had blood coming off the side of his face because of his nose. Yeah. Meaning not his nose bleeding, but he got cut. Cut. You know what I mean? And when I seen that, I um, I said, uh, adrenaline, 
in my soul. I shouldn't have thrown a potato. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was in my head. And I was uh, like, well, he's probably gonna be like, I mean, I wonder if he went backstage and was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm I, so sorry. I could see Cody be like, look, my look, I'm sorry. Look, my bro. bad. It you know, <laughs> adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even say the word without thinking, without hearing it in in Kingdom, but and right. he probably and he probably was like, nothing personal, nothing personal, sir. Yeah, <laughs> nothing personal. Don't kill me. Which yeah, Brock has probably got the intention to suplex Cody around Mex around Mexico, Port- well, especially around San Juan on Saturday. So oh, yeah. I'm going to assume that there, if we see an MMA like elbow in in that match, that's probably for what happened on Monday. <laughs> Remember him and Orton. To where oh, it, so for SummerSlam. Yeah, it looked so real. Jericho was going to fight Lesnar backstage. Yeah. Because he busted, he fucked Randy Orton up the hard way. Yeah. And that was, what, four elbows to the head. I don't know, man. I just... <sighs> Lesnar's like the alpha male of males in our world. <laughs> it's exactly. Like, like, it's just... You know what? Nah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just I'm good. You know, I, nah, I, you know, you I'm, tip your cap or buy or 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 just buy a cowboy hat to tip to him and be like, sir, thank you. <laughs> I want to keep my teeth. You yeah, know what I mean, I don't want to swallow them. No, no. I would. I'd be like, I like to live, sir. <laughs> yeah, I like to live, sir. So, so you can stay in Saskatchewan and butcher meat and do do what. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I, I think do of, what uh, science projects like him do for fun. You ever you ever seen the movie Grown Ups? I've seen it in bits and pieces. Oh fuck. Rob Schneider in the movie, he says, Saskatchewan. You're they're talking about something. You know what I mean? Well then they go to the water park. Did you see that? No. I've probably oh. seen like some parts of it. They go to the water park and the girls go one way, the guys go another. So uh, it's like Maya Rudolph and like a few other like the female comedians and stuff. And they're with Rob Schneider's older like wife in the movie. Well, as they're all sitting in their chairs, they look over and they see this like crazy fucking muscular like rip, you know, water drizzling off his ab chessboard type of thing. And he's looking at them and he's like winking, giving them a nod. And they're like, us? Oh, wow. Hey, you know. So he jumps into the pool and like swims over and he gets out of the pool right in front of them. And they're like, oh yeah, like all licking their lips, like thinking of all this crazy shit. And one's talking about like licking the water off him and stuff. And he like dries his head, like, you know what I mean? Like does the little head flip thing. And he goes, hey ladies, I'm from Saskatchewan, nah? <laughs> and he has this like crazy over the top squeaky girl you know guy high-pitched you know voice and all the girls sitting there it cuts back to them and they're all like and they all just bust out laughing in this guy's face and it's so good and when you said Saskatchewan I think of that literally every time I hear them even say Brock Lesnar's that just like how we said the adrenaline thing yeah just just him and his lovely Canadian Wolverine Satan saber tooth like ranch <laughs> i'm telling you brother it, 
So funny. So funny. Brock Lesnar decided to give up uh, civilian life and took Sable out into the middle of the fucking <laughs> frozen tundra and cuts up meat. You know what I mean? Like, what the That's fuck? a mean is just, you know. <laughs> have you seen Lesnar's daughter, bro? I you have. Just like him. Yeah, I have. And I'm like, he could never pass this on Maury, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, my whole thing, okay, a couple things on that. My whole thing is, like, Lesnar has a definite dominant gene. You have a kid with Sabe when it comes out looking like, you with blonde hair, Brock Lesnar, damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even a boy. And whenever I saw the picture, I, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is clearly your child. You you could never be like, not mine. Fuck the you. Right music when you lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That you know, oh fuck, and then, woo, you know. So yeah. with that, uh, Mark Marrow recently it was on Chris Van Fleet, and he does the interviews with Chris Van Fleet. All you know, Chris Van Fleet does with everybody. He had like Will Sasso on there recently. Yeah, he goes everywhere. So he had Mark Marrow on there, and they touch on the Brock Lesnar Sable situation. You ever hear any of that? No. So she was on the road with WWE and he was back home because obviously by then he wasn't working with WWE. He was working on this new mission thing with his like church camp and stuff while she was still, you know, with WWE 2003, 2002, 2003. So while that's all going on, uh, it got to where Sable just wasn't coming home. The layovers and stuff, she just wouldn't stay hotels and stuff and he was like oh man i really felt like in my head like oh she must have met somebody but i didn't want to think about that because then she would come home and stuff would be all right well then he found uh like love messages and it didn't say from who so he said he was furious he waited until sable got home and confronted her and was telling her that he was going to come to fucking SmackDown and beat whosoever's ass was messing with his wife. And then she tells him it was Brock Lesnar. And he said that was one of the biggest lessons he had to learn in life was to go and accept there was nothing he could do that Brock Lesnar was banging his wife. Damn. <laughs> Bro, that is I, a different I, level of yeah. just that is like a superpower. <laughs> like what 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 could you do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Unless you had like a gun and you're ready to go sit in some orange. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And that's just, you know the reality of what it is man it's kind of just when you say can i can i like help you pack yeah oh yeah can i help you pack or give you certain boxes do you need bubble wrap yep do you need to call a taxi for you or something yeah you need to go taxi or you know just 
Like let's just let let let's just make this as smooth as possible. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that yeah, he was like, and then I found out it was Brock Lesnar and there was nothing I could do. And it just like oh, you know, like <laughs> shit. And uh yeah, that actually like led him to like just dive his life into like Jesus and stuff and become like a motivational speaker about life going on and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I that's very much believable. Like it's like, oh, oh well, I'm gonna on it. Like I'm telling you, it's on YouTube and on the, like, the podcast things. Where I'm look at the Blake. <laughs> just to be like, oh man, <laughs> Golden Glove boxers. Like, oh, like I got the yeah. like no. No, it's fine. <laughs> Being so mad, like, oh, I'm gonna knock motherfucker out, this that, and then you find out it's Brock Lesnar. You're like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, but we hey, had a nice run. <laughs> we had a nice run. I will say this though: this was another thing. Uh, WWF was only interested in Sable after she got her first plastic surgery. Go look at her plastic and, and, and in hindsight. I am, but in hindsight, I'm like, that sounds very, very spot on. <laughs> Prior to 96, even back when he was Johnny B. Bad in WCW, before she got her plastic surgery. She wasn't on TV with him or anything. You can find pictures. And oh. yeah, Sable looked Almost completely different. Let's just say that. She had like her face done up. Yeah. So, uh, off from our Mark Mara story, mm-hmm. we got to more things before we wrap it up tonight. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to be the first world champion? And that's going to culminate at Night of Champions and then Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Oh, that's right. It's going to be done over there. God damn it. Yeah. Even though they're going to try to not make it feel this way, it's probably going to come off like a consolation prize no matter what they do. Which sucks. Which sucks. Hear me out on this. I was waiting to see your response before. But I heard that and here we go. It won't be too much of a consolation prize if this happens. Only this, though. Rollins has to be the first world champion. You want to know why? Because he's he was the last one to beat Roman. Nope. Baron Corbin was the last one to beat Roman. Or, like, the last, well, you know, Roman lost two. It was a DQ. That's but they, the but they yeah. try to shoehorn it in, and that's what it is. That's the only he's the only one that never actually like got squashed by Roman. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and they've been like sort so of you, teasing it. You put it on Finn right off the bat, unless you completely start fresh and you don't even acknowledge SmackDown. Then okay, you do that same thing with Cody or whatever the fuck. Cody's probably the only one that would catch the most like. Oh, that's a consolation prize mm, because of everything. Roman, it'd be the uh, some fans are still going to say it if if Finn would do it, if Nakamura would do it, you know, whatever down the line. 
Rollins is the only one that never actually got one, two, three squashed right like that by Roman. You do it that way, and then you can even say you're leading to Survivor Series and you want to bring back the brand versus brand shit. There you go. There's your champion versus champion. You know what I'm trying to say? And then also still keep war games. Well, I don't know. If they're going to do Raw versus SmackDown, maybe they can do it that way. Who knows, though? But uh, I, again, just because I've said at the new year, this needs to be need this needs to be the year of judgment, and they need to get some gold. And it's kind of started, but I would love for Finn to get some gold. But I, but but I would be cool with Seth having it because just just he's he's hot right now. He's hot right now. You got to do it. I. I safe get bet, it. like like you know, safe bet. Yeah, I and, mean, like, and that's. I just gave you that rant about Seth, and I get it that Seth's like you know the most like hot thing right now. With people always want to sing that song and everything, but brother, I I just I'm not the biggest Rollins mark. You know what I'm trying to say? Like if yeah. I if I was at a wrestling show recently, I would not be singing the Rollins. Whoa, shit! That's just you know what I mean. I just I don't know. Um, I'm not the biggest Rollins fan. I guess I can just say it flat out like that. I like him, but I'm also not at the at the Rollins stand level. But I'm like I like him, and also it doesn't hurt that he's like the ultimate Triple H guy, like teacher's pet, and. Uh- Course. So, like, when in doubt, he can always go back to that. So, 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 like, it would, it, so, it, it actually would, it, it would be beneficial. Just be like, look, you're my guy. I trust you here, and let's just let's figure this out, like, as we go, and hopefully, Raw kind of, kind of, kind of becomes like the old SmackDown toward toward towards like. All the banger wrestling stuff was on SmackDown for that while, and then now we flip it to Raw. That's I, re- I, I really hope that that's the plan. That's what I was thinking. I really do. And and then and then SmackDown can be just the glitz, the glamour, the the star power on Fox, and then you, hey, listen, if you want to see the good wrestling and competition, it's going to be on Mondays. Yeah, and even the lines of like, you know, SmackDown's going to have a lot of the younger guys too. You know what I mean? Like your theories of the world, that'll help them. That You know what I mean? Fresh start, new feuds, you know, that'll help them grow a character. Like the SmackDown 6, Edge was one of them. He's back on SmackDown. He could help this younger, fresh talent while still working an upper mid-card world title thing, whatever he wants to do. I, uh... I think we're going to end up getting an Edge and Styles feud right off the bat because we were that close right before Styles got hurt. Remember, they even had that match, Backlash, that year? Yep. And the whole thing with Judgment Day. And Yeah, I think that that could be a thing. So uh, let, Let's hope, right? <laughs> yeah, I, let's just hope that everything works out good. And just you know? people just stay healthy. Yes. I mean, it's been even so long, sure, like, you know, there's a lot of people that are still out, but, like, 
you see how the wheel just kept turning? Yeah. You know Very I mean? much so. <laughs> like, you know, Big E's definitely missed, but he won't be back in the world title picture. That's probably for sure. Barring exigent circumstances, yeah. And and then he seems to be relishing in his, I guess it's the ambassador role now, or yeah. pseudo-ambassador role. So, you know, as long as he's still Big E and it's not like a drag for him, then I'm I'm good with it because he's obviously good with it. But, you know, the, 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 the fan in me who selfishly is like, I, I need you back in the ring, just at least for one more. Yeah, I mean... It's at least for one more a new day reunion of some sort. It's a higher level than what Titus O'Neil did. Like how Titus O'Neil just quietly just ain't wrestling anymore and he's just a full ambassador. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's different. It's a little different with Big E because he was already a world champion and he was, you know, all that shit. So it would be nice to get the whole new day thing spiel back. Try and get some of that spark back of what they had. That was the hottest thing in wrestling in the past 20 years at one point with Budios. And if I, and I, think I, I, I think I still have, I think I still have my box. <laughs> it just kind of wore out after a while. You know what I mean? It's exactly that. And I have the elite three pack of the Budio box where the thing opens like the WrestleMania entrance. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I still have my Budio cereal. And, you know, I have my big blanket actually hanging in my fucking living room. You know, I have the different Budio shirts, you know, the Christmas one, the Halloween one, you know, the different shit like that. They made a super-sized orange one when they were trying to, I guess, sell all the old leftover stock. They changed the box orange and made it a little bigger and called it the Super Budio size box. And I even have one of those. I have that shirt too. It's just, I don't know. The Halloween shirt of the Budios is probably the funniest. Big E's Frankenstein, Xavier Woods is fucking the you know, the mummy, and Kofi's the vampire. You know what I mean? Like, and they were like, oh, it's just, I don't know. Like, it was such an over thing. You know what I mean? Like, it was so over. And it just got kind of played out, I guess, if that makes sense. Well, just, yeah, it, it, it ran its course. Yeah. And then they switched over to the ice cream thing and then tried to do the whole pops. Remember they had the freeze pops that mm-hmm. had, they sold that kid at FYE and it didn't catch on like the Budios. The make your own freeze pops that they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that went nowhere. I had that and they were all right. Did you? Yeah, I had it. I was like, fuck it. I'm here. I'm 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 on it. Let's do it. And then there was the pancakes where we never, I don't think we ever got the mix, but that that was lost money or leaving money on the table, especially especially for a breakfast person like me. I'd be like, yes, I'll buy it. And that, I just, I don't know, man. Uh, the dumbest thing they did was splitting them up. That hurt them so much more. You know what I mean? Especially in the eyes of all the fans because it was just not the same. Then you had one get hurt, and then the other one would have to come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like a... Oh, well, here, Xavier Woods is hurt, you can have Big E back. Or, you know, Kofi's hurt, you have Xavier and Big E. You know what I mean? It was never all three of them, and it still hasn't been since the injury. Yeah. 
because then Woods came back, but then Big E was already hurt. Uh, but I'm I'm good with the ambassador role. I'm good with it. It's it's as long as he's still around and is still like a fixture. It doesn't it doesn't feel as sad. <laughs> I guess. No, I can dig that. But, oh God, what are we up to next here? We have a little bit of our favorite World Wrestling Federation trivia questions. All right. WWF trivia to wrap the night up. So I got three little piles here. I'll let you pick a pile, and that's how we'll start. One, two, or three? Two. Two? Yep. All right. Pile number two. I got five cards. Pick a card, one through five. Three. Third card out of all five. Now on that card. Five questions, you know, A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just looked at the question for E. But anyway, <laughs> one through five on the questions. Go Let's go with three. All righty. Question number three. In the 1994 film Ed Wood, Georgie Animal Steel played what golden era sci-fi actor? Oh, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it and we'll, we'll, we'll breeze on through Alfred Hitchcock because I have no idea. Yeah. It's a name no. I've never heard of. Tor Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous, right? How the fuck is anybody going to know that unless you're a Georgie Animal Steel yeah, Mark? Yeah, you know, shout outs to whoever did these cards. They... Right? They definitely earned their salary. Yeah, they dug deep. Like, damn. So, <laughs> pick another. Let's go one. All right. Who KO'd Farouk with the Intercontinental Championship at In Your House Bad Blood? Was it Rocky Maivia, Owen Hart, or Stone Cold Steve Austin? Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's correct. Okay. Uh, let's go four. All right. The last World Wrestling Federation event at the Boston Garden was called. So the, the final WWF show at the Boston Garden was called. It. Man, it's kind of like low hanging fruit. I would say like Survivor Series or something like that, or Raw. Think about it. It's the last ever show okay. at the Boston Garden. Why am I fucking blanking? Wouldn't be a Kurt call. Shamrock or Celtic Slam? All right, no, I'm, I'm. It's it's not coming to me. A night to remember. Oh God! Uh, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So you got two or five. Let's do two. <laughs> All right. 
Who teamed with Vader at In Your House Bad Blood? Was it the Patriot, Davy Boy Smith, or Owen Hart? Davy Boy? No. Vader was a face by that point. Patriot. I was going to go with my like slight Patriot man. Be like, Patriot. Boy and Owen. Ah, damn it. Because he turned on Camp Cornette by that point. Yeah. That's when it all starts to go. <laughs> so, your final question of this card. The Jackal, Don Callis, once led a group of wrestlers in a hostage situation out of what Middle East country? Let me read that again. Callus leads a group of wrestlers. Callus once led a group of wrestlers in a hostage situation out of what Middle Eastern country? The Hail Mary, Kuwait? There's a, an area in Pittsburgh actually has shares the same name. It's not Iran or Iran or Tehran. No, <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm. I'm just way. I'm. I'm sweeping the bad out. Almost not bad either. Fuck. No, that's no. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna get heat for saying that. No. Uh, I, I was going to say Pakistan, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's kind of why I was like, let, let me not. Let me not. Fuck. Ready? I, yeah. Ready Lebanon. We have Mount Lebanon. Lebanon. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Mount Lebanon. Okay. Lebanon, of course. Because I was like, wait a minute, like, wasn't the Troop Commission South African? So I was like, man, I'm like, that's why that threw me off. So, all right. You ready for another card? Yep. Good. Uh, Let's go. One, two, three, or four? Four. All right. <laughs> one through five. Four. <laughs> Name the two Hebner brothers. David and Earl. That's correct. Mm. One, two, three, five. One. What sort of match did The Undertaker and Mankind participate in SummerSlam 96? Was it the Inferno match, Hell in a Cell, or Boiler Room Brawl? Boiler Room Brawl. Bada bang. <laughs> Two, three, five. Five. What is the name of Al Snow's ever-loving companion? Head. <laughs> Good old head. <laughs> Two or three, brother. You had to be alive to understand the awesomeness of that. Three. <laughs> what World Wrestling Federation announcer is also known by the nickname 
Fink. Late great Howard Finkel. Yeah. And your final question is, who was Vader's opponent? SummerSlam nineteen ninety six. Unfortunately, it's not a graceful moment. Everyone's apparent favorite, Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Move, move, fucking move. Move, move. move. Yep. Yeah. Great time. In then he history. jumps out and kicks him, you fat fuck. Oh, yeah. Man. All right. So we got a couple cards here. Two cards. One through three. Let's do two. All right. On this card there, good sir. Again, two. run the answer. One five. five. All right. Ken Shamrock stated in World Wrestling Federation magazine, his dream in high school was to become what? It's too obvious, but world champion? <laughs> Not wrestling or fighting. Wrestling or fighting, okay. I'm just gonna, I'll go with this and I'm going to tap. Chiropractor? Mm-hmm. An right. NFL star. I could see it. I could see it now. Especially for Ken. Mm-hmm. Ken and the time, okay. So go ahead. One through four. Four. We're going to work our way backwards. All right. In which division of the military was Road Dog a member of? He was a Marine. Yeah. Very right. Ding ding. <laughs> what are the names of Road Dog's three Armstrong brothers? Brad, who doesn't get enough of his flowers. Scott. Steve? There you go. Okay. That is correct. (laughs) Who did Rug... Fuck. Who did Rugged Ronnie Garvin defeat via submission at the Royal Rumble 1990? Was it A, Tugboat, B, Greg Valentine, or C, Brutus the Barber Beefcake? B, Greg the Hammer Valentine. That is correct. And, with, uh, with that corny ass shin guard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Final question. The Oriental Express at SummerSlam 1990 was which two men? Sato and Tanaka, Misawa and Kawada, or Togo and Tio? Togo and Tio? Saka and Tanaka? Sato and Tanaka. All right. <laughs> All right. Two cards left. Good, sir. Pick one. Let's go one. All right. You want to go five through one or one through five? We want one through five. Who pinned Hunter Hearst Helmsley at the Survivor Series 1996? A. Barry Windham. B. Mark Merrill. C. The Rock. The Rock or Rocky Maivia. No Wrong. shit. Mark Marrow. Oh god. Wow, man. Oh god. Okay. Because I, I was like Wyndham. Then I was like, oh, Stalker. No, that definitely was not Stalker. 
in what state did Mark Merrow earn his Golden Glove Championship? New York, California, New Mexico. New York. That is correct. <laughs> Mr. Perfect used to have a column in World Wrestling Federation magazine. What was the name of his column? Perfect piece? <laughs> Brainstorms. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh -huh. Probably because of because of Bobby in some way. Or because, just or bro, just to not, be a smart ass. I, we're not gonna fucking know that unless you you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Brainstorms. Damn it. <laughs> Mr. Perfect made his WrestleMania debut at which WrestleMania? Five. Very well. Mr. Perfect's first ever WrestleMania opponent was the Blue Blazer. Very good. Yeah. Very good, man. An underrated match on that whole show. <laughs> Very good. All right. One through five, five through one. Five through one. All right. The Giant Silva is from what country? Ecuador? I know Salvadorians and Salvadorians. Oh my god, what the fuck? Nicaragua. Nope. Fuck. Brazil. Oh, nah. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter competes in what NFL player's annual golf tournament every year? Pittsburgh native. Oh, God damn it. Like, fuck. I was going to say the fridge, but never mind. Pittsburgh native, I don't know. Not Franco anymore, right? Yeah, so I'm tapping. Oh, Joe Namath? And Who? Dan the man. Dan Marino. Oh, God almighty. Okay. <laughs> Dan the Beast Severn is a native of what Michigan city? Hell if I knew. I didn't even know this was the name of a city in Michigan. I'm just going to throw a shot in the dark. Kalamazoo? No. Uh -uh. All right. <laughs> Coldwater, Michigan. Oh. Yeah, I only know Detroit, Lansing, Battle Creek. That's all I know. So uh, this next one is definitely a uh, an interesting. Who sang America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 6? Oh, I'm sorry. I read I read part of I there's two WrestleMania questions and I took oh, six. Okay. Who sang America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 11? I'm sorry. I was doing two things at once. Would be at that time. Mhm. Mm and your choices are ready. Yeah, yeah. lay them on me. <laughs> these are some fucking goofy choices. Bro. I was gonna say like these sound like doozies. Neil Diamond, Elvira, or 
Kathy Huey. Who sang America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 11? Neil Diamond, Elvira, or Kathy Huey? Kathy Huey? Whoever the fuck that is is correct. <laughs> okay. America the Beautiful, WrestleMania 11, brother. Neil Diamond. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Ready for this one? Question. Who sang the national anthem at King of the Ring 1994? Was it A, Willie Nelson, B, Ricky Madlock, C, Alan Jackson, or D, Garth Brooks? Alan Jackson? Uh-uh. It's the one name out of the group that I didn't know. Ricky Motorboat, whatever. <laughs> Ricky Madlock. Madlock, okay. Yeah, that was a, a doozy. I'm going to just grab a couple out of this little thing here before we go to our final segment of the night. Let's steal a couple cards out of here just so we can get a couple more questions while I get everything else ready to end the show. Um, what was the name of Jerry Lawler's dentist? Was it A, Bill Banks, <laughs> B, Phil Teeth, or B, Isaac Yankum? <laughs> Isaac Yankum. Phil Teeth is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck no. The tag team of Owen Hart and Coco Beware was known as the Jumping Jacks, the Blue Blazers, or High Energy? One of the more underrated tag teams ever, High Energy. And Safe by the Bell sure should be thankful for them because they wouldn't have the Max music if it wasn't for them. <laughs> Keep that in mind, folks. Here we go. This is a good one. <laughs> On the very first episode of Monday Night Raw, who were the Steiner brothers' opponents? Was it A, the Executioners, B, Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect, or C, the Mounties? The Mounties? The Executioners. Yep. Okay. <laughs> So I was gonna say because perfect was a no go around by then. Yeah, and Flair was gone. <laughs> no, Flair was on Raw. Flair had his loser leave town match against Perfect on Raw. Oh fuck, that's right. Yeah, he was on Raw. Yeah. Up, you know, late ninety four. That's oh god, June <laughs> mid ninety four. But yeah, he was on Raw. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Peel back the peacock and go all the way back to that. Fuck. Oh, yeah. There's some good stuff on there, brother. <laughs> There's definitely some good stuff on there. <laughs> Who was the very first WWF superstar to be eliminated from the 1991 Royal Rumble? Was it Haku, Dino Bravo, Witchwhacker Luke? I nominated first. In the 91. Dino, Dino Bravo? 
That is correct. All right. <laughs> uh, I got one more for you. And uh, shit. And after that, then we'll wrap it up. <laughs> I'm trying to think of which one I want to give you. Shit. There, I have, all right, I have a tie. We're, no, I'll give you this one. I'll save this one. Who inducted Jimmy Superfly Snuka into the WWF Hall of Fame? Roddy Piper, Gorilla Monsoon, or Don Murak? My heart wants to say, but I know it's too odd. I'm going to go with Morocco. That is correct. Okay. I Good. thought you were going to go with Piper. Uh, that, that's exactly where I was leaning towards because that's, if not everyone's, but especially my like favorite segment that always goes back and gives me a good chuckle. Here's a random one. I don't know if you'll know. In what month was the first ever in your house? What month? June? Mm-mm. Nope. Life. You were close. July? Nope. May. May. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh wow. You know. <laughs> but then springtime, the old commercials. Flowers in the air. We're here. Get down your door. WWF in your house. <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole other um random nerd memory. For, for the for the reasonable price of nineteen ninety nine. Oh, there was that little kid in the in your house commercial. I used to get so mad at him. You open your door and Razor Ramon's there, and you close the door on him. You're a fuck. You know what I mean? You open the door, Sean, <laughs> you close the door on him. You open the door again, Bret Hart's here. You close the door on him. You deserve to get smacked. Lucky they come crashing through your wall. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was this week's. You know. World Wrestling Federation mm-hmm. trivia. trivia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, man. Some like I said, some of the questions are absolutely Yo, just- like I said, like I said at the start, shout outs to whoever did their did their research. <laughs> that yeah. that is that's dedication. <laughs> I'd say. Oh man. And speaking that was a weird way to transition, but here we go. Speaking of dedication, we normally end our show with say something positive. But we're calling an audible this week. And it's because Tom needs you're gonna hand the mic over. Yeah, I'm gonna let Tom do this, but this week it is it's a special say something positive with with Tom. So I give you the floor. Kind sir. Um, thank you, thank you for that. Um, this week, like you said, it's gonna be just a little bit different. Uh, this past week, uh, uh, fuck, I, I didn't think I was gonna be stumbling over my words this bad. This past week, I lost uh, another love. And uh, while it might be, you know, unconventional, 
you know, it's, there's so many layers to it. Um, the captain, I, you know, my Pooh Bear. I uh, always called her my Pooh Bear because she was always so sweet. It was my honey. I, uh, No matter um, no matter what, I always had my companion. And a little while back, I had had a falling out with my family, and just haven't seen my family and don't really speak. Well, uh, with unfortunate powers of social media. I was at work the other night and I seen on fucking social media that uh, my sis passed away and I never got to say thanks. Never got to say I'm sorry. Never, never got to thank her for all the all the late nights and always being there whenever I was a crybaby bitch or, you know, wanted to wrestle or be silly. Uh, and I had uh, many good years. And my biggest thing, <clears throat> I just hope she knows that I never forgot her. And I hope she never forgot me. Uh, so I'm just taking this minute, actually. And she'll never hear this, obviously. But I just... Putting it out there in the universe. Just how much she meant. How much I, uh, I'm going to miss her. getting my final couple tears out about it. Realizing that she was able to meet my son. She was she got to see me get married and do good in life and try to just be a better person. And uh, definitely miss her dearly. And like Forrest Gump said, uh, that's really all I got to say about that. So, uh, forever my Pooh Bear, the captain of all my goodness. My Bobby Ace. My sick. I love you forever. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just hope... I just hope she's in a better place, and I hope that uh, the minute she got there, my dad was there to greet her. Yeah, uh 
Yeah, now definitely. Like Forrest Gump said. That's all I got to say about that. And uh, with that being said, uh, end the show somberly like this. Uh, for Right Hook Ray, I'm Tom Casadega, and uh, we'll be back next week with more laughs and smiles. Not me crying like a little wimp. I, uh, I hope you all have a great week. And, uh, we'll see you next week. ACS.